Welcome to Category Visionaries, the show dedicated to exploring exciting visions for the future from the founders who are on the front lines building it. In each episode, we'll speak with a visionary founder who's building a new category or reimagining an existing one. We'll learn about the problem they solve, how their technology works, and unpack their vision for the future. I'm your host, Brett Stapper, CEO of Frontlines Media. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Paul Lewis, CEO and co-founder of Calmoo, a data security platform that's raised nearly $20 million in funding. Paul, thanks for chatting with me today. Hey, Brett. Great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. So before we begin talking about what you're building, let's start with a quick summary of who you are and a bit more about your background. Okay, great. So I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Calamoo. We're a data-first security company, and we have a truly unique solution to the rapidly evolving problem of ransomware and data theft and you know, all these cyber incidents. I guess, you know, just to give you early in my career, you know, I started my first company when I was in college. It was called MC Squared. It was a network monitoring company. And quite honestly, at the time, I didn't know the difference between AR and AP, but learned the business real quick and, uh, you know, got to learn that the world needed a way to understand how to monitor the health of a network. And, you know, learned InfoSec as it was emerging. And that company was eventually acquired by a Fortune 500 company. So it was a pretty good ride. So after that, I, I started a company called PG Lewis and Associates, and we were a data forensics incident response company, really one of the first companies in this space. And here I really got a firsthand look at the cyber problem, how bad it was, and how, how bad it was getting. That company was also eventually acquired by a Fortune 500, and I've always been interested in applying kind of disruptive technologies to fix an emerging problem. And now I'm leading Calamu to make the cyber world a safer place for all. And how have you seen the world of cybersecurity evolve from those you know, early days to today? Gosh, there was so much we didn't know back then. So many problems that we couldn't figure out or you know, how they were going to evolve or we didn't even identify them as problems back then. So it's much more complex. Really, I think one of the core problems that we've got, all of us, is that this whole cyber world started without security in mind. Right. So it started all about ease of communication. And then we had to kind of interweave security after we realized we had security problems. So, you know, now the whole world is on cyber and we've got we have problems that are all throughout, but creates opportunity all throughout. Nice. That makes sense. Two questions we like to ask just to better understand what makes you tick as a CEO and as a founder. So is there a CEO and founder that you're studying the most? And if so, you know, why them? And and what are you studying them or what are you learning from them? Uh, So, you know, I've always been a great fan of the the kind of the great grandfathers of innovation, guys like Thomas Edison and Henry Ford. There's so many great leaders out there, so many great current day leaders. One of them in particular that I'm watching, he's actually in my network, is a, a gentleman by the name of Brian Scudamore. Brian's the founder and CEO of a company called 1-800-GOT-JUNK. You probably have seen their blue trucks kind of driving around, but it is very much a technology company. And he's done a great job at identifying this very fragmented industry and applying data and statistics and technology to it and kind of taking control over it. So real big fan of Brian Scudamore. And, you know, while not a founder, I'm very much a big fan of Microsoft's Satya Nadella. He's done just a tremendous job at transforming a giant organization, really turning it around in just a few number of years. Great guy. Yeah, he's been really fun to watch and he's a really great leader. Have you, uh, on the note of you know, old school visionaries, have you ever watched the show The Men Who Built America? Yeah, I have. Great show. Yeah, I just got introduced to that and I'm uh, I'm hooked now. Yeah, just so, so much great history there. 
for sure. And what about books? Is there a specific book that's had the greatest impact on you as a founder? Well, I'm an avid reader. I read all these books. I could tell you, you know, a couple of them. I think a real short read, The One Minute Manager, early on in my career had a big impact on me. It's Mm -hmm. like a 30-minute read. If anyone hasn't read it, I highly recommend it. Crossing the Chasm was probably the most terrifying book I've ever read in my life. As, um, As a technology startup, it's such a scary book to read, but so much good information there. But I think really the one that has had the biggest impact on me is Good to Great by Jim Collins. Just so much good information about how to surround yourself with great people, how to create great teams, how to bring in great people. Really, really amazing stuff there. Nice. Love it. And now let's talk about what you're building today. So could you walk us through the origin story and you know, the high level pitch on what you guys do? Sure. So, you know, prior to Calamu, I was in incident response as a practitioner. I was working with multi-global corporations that were just getting hammered in cyber attacks, like over and over and over again. And I thought there had to be a better way to do this. There had to be a better solution. At the time, I was going to all the security conferences. And, you know, really quite literally, I got tired of seeing like 3,000 companies selling the same 10 things. And none of those things really were working. So I had, I thought there had to be a better way. We have to think about how can we protect the data in a way that we're not doing so today. And, you know, kind of the catalyst for all this, I really was spending a long time giving this a lot of thought every waking moment for a couple of years. And I was sitting on my porch literally one night and my dog, my golden retriever was sitting next to me and he got up and he picked up his bone and he trotted across the street and he buried a hole in my neighbor's yard and put his bone there and covered it up and came back and I could swear he was smiling. And it was like, that was the moment of inspiration that I had that said, wow, he just put his most prized possession in the public domain and he's cool with it. He's not worried about anybody accessing it. And that really was the change in mindset that I needed to start thinking about how can we put our data in the cloud, which really is the public domain, in a way that makes it truly safe. And that was the beginning of Calamu. Now, my dog's name was Calamucci. So Calamu was his his nickname, and I named the company after him. And did he get some advisor shares or anything for being the inspiration behind the company? Or how did you structure that? He got a lifetime of love. Lifetime of love. (laughs) Nice. I love it. Now, what are your thoughts when it comes to market categories? I know in the world of cybersecurity, uh, more so than any other industry I've seen, there seems to be an obsession with acronyms. What are your thoughts there on you know, cybersecurity market categories? And then you know, what category are you playing in? Yeah. Okay. So it's a super crowded space. And there are a lot of acronyms, there are a lot of different terms. There's always, there's the term du jour, you know, things, terms that come up that everybody jumps on. So specifically, we're in a a category called cyber storage. So it's cybersecurity, but cyber storage is the way that we think about storing data in a way where we're protecting the data itself. And it's actually a new category. So Gartner recognizes this as a new category just recently. They recognize it as an emerging category. But instead of putting layered security on the infrastructure, and instead of trying to protect the network that holds the data, Calamu protects the data itself regardless of what infrastructure it happens to be on. So, and we think about things like ransomware, and everybody has a solution for ransomware. Most of those solutions are simply just restored from some form of a backup, which is not ideal, right? And in my opinion, it's not good enough. But ransomware doesn't address the problem, really, that ransomware is all about. You know, when we talk about these backup restore solutions, which is double extortion. So we have double extortion where data is actually stolen from the network. And that data is then weaponized back against the company and used against the company and threatened to be released. And that's really where we see the biggest growing, you know, kind of pain that we've got around ransomware. 
But you're right, crowded space, a lot of acronyms, a lot of stuff going on there. And are you actively working with firms like Gartner as they you know, shape and define that category? Or what's your view on analyst relations in general? I think analyst relationships are very important. And we are working with different analysts. We're trying to educate, right? So we're not trying to, obviously, we'd love to get market. We'd love to see if we can get exposure in market. But mm-hmm. it's really more trying to educate because what we're going through is a change in mindset. We're changing from this layered security model where we're layering on more and more security onto the infrastructure into we don't have to worry about that so much because we're really now just trying to protect the data, especially if the data gets into the hands of a uh, third party or someone that shouldn't have it. But analysts, I think analyst relationships are very important. Makes sense. And yeah, I, I just had the uh, the pleasure this year of attending my first Black Hat. So that was, uh, it was fun to walk around. Um, and you know, as I was walking around, what I noticed is all of the booths kind of seemed to say the same thing. Um, you know, a lot of the messaging was the same. You know, a lot of them were, you know, just saying the same thing, essentially. But obviously, their solutions were different. So what are you doing right now to really break through the noise and, and capture that you know, attention of security decision makers and security practitioners? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to break through the noise, right? There is a lot of noise out there. And first off, there's a lot of great companies that have products that are desperately needed, right? So detect and deter and endpoint detection and response and monitoring. These are all really important things. I'm not saying that you don't need these things. We just start with the premise that the bad actor has reached the data. So there's been a failure somewhere in the system and they've actually reached the data. So we're trying to cut through the noise by putting out messaging that the attack has happened. And we need to be comfortable with the fact that attacks continue to happen, even with great technologies and great emerging technologies to protect the data. Eventually, the data is reached. And when the data is reached, that's where Calamu kicks in. We're trying to message around that. I love that. And your website's beautiful. It looks very different from a lot of the other cybersecurity websites that I see. You know, you're not using scary red colors and scary animals. So I like the approach that you guys have taken with your marketing and branding. It's really amazing. Yeah, thanks. I, you know, we've got a great marketing team. And we're, it's not about doom and gloom. And it's not about trying to scare people into buying our product. It's about understanding that there is a better way right? And there's a better way to protect your data. And that's what Calmo is all about. So we're not trying to say, hey, you're going to be the next victim or, you know, watch over your shoulder or you've got all these problems with your infrastructure. We're saying, hey, you know, we live in a real world and there are real world problems and we're just a solution to help you and help your organization continue to stay in business and absorb an attack without having downtime from an attack. And from what I've read about the industry uh, with CISOs and decision makers in general, they're not only you know numb to that, but it really turns them off, right? If you're leading with messaging about you know FUD and and fear tactics, they've just totally tuned out to those types of messages, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's maybe it worked 15 years ago, but I think you know today everybody knows all the stats, everybody knows all the problems, everybody's tired of hearing about the problems. We know what they are. So, you know, it's innovative solutions that I think are getting the attention and the the CISOs are responding, right? They don't want to hear about how can I be same old, same old and just put another layer of security on or, you know, build a bigger wall around the wall. It's more about what's something that's innovative? What's a new way of looking at things? How do we change our perspective? And again, that's what we're all about. Makes sense. And what are your thoughts on the recent big cybersecurity story that came out was Uber's CISO, you know, getting charged criminally, you know, for what he was doing at the company. What are your thoughts on the that whole situation? And, you know, do you think we're going to see more, you know, criminal and civil liabilities come for security leaders? 
Okay, so these are only my personal opinions, right? I have to state that this is not Calamu's opinion, just my personal opinion. So I don't think pressing criminal charges against a a C-suite executive because of a cyber intrusion or cyber problem or how that problem was dealt with is really fair, right? These are boardroom discussions. So it wasn't one individual that's deciding he's going to pay this ransom or he's going to, you know, cave to the cyber terrorists. And they are terrorists. We should think of them as being terrorists. Look, I think we've got a problem and we need to get our hands around the problem and fix it. And by putting people in jail or pressing charges against you know people that are really trying to help, that's not going to answer the problem. That's not going to find the solution. We need to come together as a group. We need to come together as a community and think about different ways to get ahead of the problem. So personally, first off, I don't think you should ever pay a ransom. I think that's the same as paying a terrorist. So you should never pay a ransom. I know I've been in these board discussions as a subject matter expert and, you know, a consultant where the boards are struggling with, well, it might be cheaper for us to pay the ransom. Yeah, but it's not, it's never cheaper in the long run. It's never cheaper. So never pay the ransom. Let's work together as a community and find better solutions and let's innovate. Nice. I love that. And with the Uber CISO story, it must be, you know, very bad for the industry as a whole, right? Because there's a huge talent shortage. So seeing those types of big headlines, I'm guessing, you know, could deter people from even wanting to be in this industry if they know that's the type of liability that they face. Because you know, in other departments, you probably don't have those risks. or it's, it's a lot less likely that you have those types of risks hanging over you. Yeah, I mean, look, 99 times out of 100 or 999 times out of 1,000, it's not something that the CISO did wrong that created the attack right? It's a vulnerability. It's something that wasn't known. It's a risk that wasn't identified. Look, everybody's working really hard to plug the gaps and to press charges against the CISO of Uber, you know, to to kind of take that action. It's just going to dissuade smart people from wanting to be a CISO. They're just not going to want to sign up for that position because they're not going to want the exposure for something that they don't really have total control over. And I think that's fair. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, let's talk about market adoption and traction. Are there any numbers that you're comfortable with sharing just in terms of the adoption that you're seeing? So I'm not comfortable. I don't want to go into any numbers. But what we're seeing is, you know, we're seeing a lot of attention around sensitive data, sensitive data that needs to be retained, either regulatory requirement or some other requirement to retain the data. And how do we do that in a safe way? At the same time, we're seeing, you know, this massive cloud adoption. And of course, the enterprise is not there, is not quite there yet. But I think the enterprise, large enterprises, fully committed that they have to get to the cloud. I think everybody realizes that now. So when you go to the cloud, you're actually putting your hands, your data into the hands of a third party, right? So for the first time, you're taking it out of your complete control and you have to control one of the hyperscalers, whether it be Amazon or Microsoft or Google or Oracle or whoever else but you have to trust another company. And that's scary. That's a scary thing. So what we're seeing is the way that we process data with Calamu is we're kind of reducing the burden of the fear of putting your data into the hands of a third party, because when we process it, we keep it really, truly safe, even in a cloud environment or a multi-cloud environment. And the first applications that we're seeing are typically around sensitive data, where there's a long-term data requirement. and Data has to be moved from on-prem to the cloud, and this is a great solution to make that happen. Nice. That makes a lot of sense. And where are you seeing the most adoption? Is this you know, the Fortune 500, or is this more you know, like tech-first companies that are you know, maybe Forbes Cloud 100? So this is really, we're really seeing a, a real bell curve here. So we're seeing you know, small, medium businesses are kind of signing up pretty quickly. Right. They get it. They see the value prop. They get it. 
And then we're getting a lot of attention from large enterprise, which is interesting to me, right? And it's really the two ends of the, the bell curve that we're seeing the most activity right now. So large enterprise, they're innovators. While they typically move slowly, they don't move slowly necessarily with cyber. And they see emerging technologies as being very important to their future. So we're seeing, you know, that's kind of where we're seeing the sweet spot is on, on the ends. Now we do see, you know, we're seeing, you know, mid-tier as well. Lots of very, very interesting conversations are ongoing. And yeah, tying back to one of the books you mentioned, where are you in terms of crossing the chasm? Ah, well, you know, we're we're <laughs> we're right in the middle of crossing it. So we're in that kind of scary land where we're we're not quite at scale. We're just getting to that point. And we're looking at all things product market fit, messaging, what exactly is the value prop that we're going after. We're kind of multifaceted with benefits that we bring. So we feel like we bring so much benefit, but we can't boil the ocean, right? So what we're trying to do is we're really trying to zone in on the one thing that is really going to allow us to get to scale. That's about right where we are. And as I'm sure you've experienced, bringing in innovative product to market isn't easy. What would you say is the single greatest challenge that you faced and how'd you overcome it? Yeah, the single greatest challenge for us is it's a change in mindset, right? So nobody really before was thinking about protecting the data at the data layer. They were thinking about protecting the infrastructure. And there's billions, trillions of dollars spent protecting the infrastructure. So we're not saying you don't need to do that, but we're saying, look, that's not working as well as we all hoped it would work. So let's look at protecting the data, even if the data is removed from your control. So changing that mindset is really, you know, the greatest thing, the greatest challenge that we've had. Partly education, not a lot of education, because as soon as we kind of talk through it and explain the process and how it works, people kind of get it right away and then they get excited about it. But, you know, it's getting that message out, doing the education and changing the mindset. I love it. And if we zoom out into the future, what would you say is the five-year vision for the company? So a five-year vision is, you know, today we do a great job at protecting data at rest in the cloud. And we have a vision of protecting all data, right? So all data, whether it be transactional data, data in motion, any kind of data, you know, we've got a, a big, big, big vision to do that. I'd love to see some of these cyber problems like ransomware completely eliminated, and just a thing of the past, part of our history and not something that we're still talking about. And look, Calum's big vision is we want to make the cyber world a safer place for all. That's really what we're all about. And do you truly believe there's a world where ransomware just doesn't exist anymore or it's greatly reduced? I do. Yep, I do. People think I'm crazy, you know, because the bad guys are always smarter. The, the mouse is always faster than the cat. But, you know, I think in this case, I could see a difference because we're changing the battle surface, right? We're kind of changing the attack vector. And if we can eliminate that attack vector altogether, look, I think there could be some ransom or extortion or try to, you know, it's always going to be bad guys that are trying to get money out of companies, but mm -hmm. they're not going to do it by what we traditionally call ransomware today. That's going to be gone. Nice. That's nice and hopeful for the future. All right, Paul, unfortunately, that's all we're going to have time to cover for today. Before we wrap up, if people want to follow along with your journey, where's the best place for them to go? Sure, they can go to www.calamu.com, C-A-L-A-M-U. You can sign up for a test drive. You can reach out to anybody on our team, and we'd love to hear from you. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on and sharing your story and sharing what you guys are building. This is super exciting and look forward to seeing you guys execute on this vision. Great. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate All the right. opportunity. Keep in touch.